0: you know it's like how kids talk about baseball players that's how we talk about albums
1: we're just trying to postpone mortality they need that to fill some kind of void that they have the search for the yeti (laughs) he's a duck (laughs) well don't interrupt We'll take all your blood and turn it into mud. It's the Smashing Pumpcast. I'm Frank Garcia-Hale. I'm Pat O'Brien.
0: And, ooh, baby, Zeitgeist Summer ain't over yet, folks. No, the
1: sun is not setting just quite.
0: Nope, because, yeah, we've got more to talk about that falls, well, into the Zeitgeist or into the Zeitgeist era. And today, we are talking about some, well, the batch of songs we are talking about includes some kind of current you know, set lists, faves. Uh they're sort of the misfit toys of Zeitgeist Summer, but we've compiled them into this Zeitgeist era singles episode in which we're gonna talk about Super Christ. We're talking about Feel Our Love. We're talking about Glow and several others. So it's yeah, it's like a little mixtape we put together of the sort of otherwise uh standalone singles that came out around this time and some stuff that they played live as well that was uh, of interest and pretty cool to check out
1: correct and there's going to be stuff that's missing from this that you're like why aren't you talking about this it's because right we're going to be talking about it in our next episode uh which will be if all goes wrong we're going to cover that we're not sure how we're going to cover it yet but we will be talking a lot of, about a lot of those tracks from that uh, DVD. I just got it off of eBay again because I don't have my copy with me. And uh, we might have to do a viewing party, Pat. But before we get into these tracks, Pat, we got some people to thank.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Well, we want to thank some Patreon members. Rob Tedesco, thank you so much.
1: And also at buymeacoffee.com. We want to thank Andrew Carl Green. Thank you so much for supporting the PumpCast. If you want to sign up for our Patreon, you could do so at patreon.com slash smashingpumpcast and cast a spell K-A-S-T. Or you can go to buy me a coffee, throw a few bucks our way at buymeacoffee.com slash Pumpcast, cast is spelled k-a-s-t there and buymeacoffee.com is like a digital tip jar if you don't want to sign up for patreon but you think the show has any value whatsoever you can just throw us a few bucks there we really appreciate it helps us uh, buy new equipment uh when we need it because things have been crapping out left and right on me pet i don't know about you i mean uh, i don't it know it goes if, to a good use
0: yeah mercury seems to always be in retrograde with Shit breaking, you know what I mean? People always say that, (laughs) yeah, but you know, whenever your shit breaks, but it's true.
1: And if money is too tight for you right now, just do us a favor leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I don't know what it's called now, but anyway, on Apple Podcasts or or Spotify, uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know what it's called now. They, it's whatever it is, the interface is terrible. But uh, you can review us on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave a star review on Spotify. Spread the word, help us out. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it so much.
0: Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And gracias.
1: All right, Pat, what do you say we get into it? How about we let the listeners feel our love? A.K.A. Feel Our Love was written and recorded during the sessions for Zeitgeist and used for a Hyundai commercial during Super Bowl. What number is that? Thirty-eight. What is that, Pat? Oh, a ring. I love the Simpsons joke about how he, the way he figured out the Roman numerals when he's in that lion pit. Oh yeah, it's Rocky movies, right? The Rocky, yeah. <laughs> Where have you seen Roman numerals before? I know, Rocky V. That was the fifth one. So Rocky five plus Rocky two equals. Rocky 7, Adrian's But this song is an acronym that stands for Feel Our Love. The song was first announced by Hyundai for their Genesis Coupe Super Bowl commercial debuting on February 1st in which Billy mixed Hyundai clips going to the beat of the song. On the same day the song was released as a free download from the Hyundai site. It was the theme song also for the TNA Wrestling's premier event of the year, Bound for Glory. 2010, and Pat, we recently heard it because they brought it back for the Rock Invasion 2 tour. Yeah. Pat, were you familiar with this song when it came out? Uh, Only
0: vaguely. I I mean, I'll admit that, you know, and uh, I did know this song, but I think I knew it more in like a kind of resurrected current Pumpkins, you know, lineup context, because it's been kicking around. I think they've been playing, we obviously saw it, and it was great. Um, so I, when they played it I did you know it was familiar to me but at the time I, I think a lot of this stuff passed me by I had like I would have told you that all of this stuff was kind of, had kind of passed me by at the time of its release if I hadn't rewatched the Super Christ video and then the memories came flooding back that I was aware of that at the time but no I think I had vague ideas about or like awareness of the pumpkins and a Super Bowl commercial and a car commercial, but then it was kind of mixing it up with Transformers. So, not really. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's all pretty interesting. I feel like we've taught like there. There's this, you know, uh, you saw this pretty scathing Pitchfork article about the song and kind of just a. It's definitely got a an axe to grind with the band in general. No Pitchfork. Yeah, I know. And it's like it's funny because. <laughs> I almost think there's no way that pitchfork would ever again be nice to the pumpkins it's just like it's just not what they do but i mean this is like pretty savage but it is sort of savage in like a you know sellout accusation kind of way which um i don't know if you saw i haven't read it yet but my wife sent it to me Cassius sent it to me about or, or somebody was talking about it but it's a recent article with Janine Garofalo in the New York Times and the the thrust of it is like her intense sort of Gen X lingering phobia of doing anything that would make her a sellout and it's just such an interesting conversation because people are holding Billy and the band to that standard But kind of at this point, that sort of ethos was, like, already gone, you know? So, like, it's... it's. But I'll admit, I will admit, like, around this time and even... And we did talk about it with, like, the Transformers movie and stuff, which at this point, who gives a fuck, you know? But, like, I did still have that. You know, we grew up in that. We grew up, certainly, if we weren't Gen X necessarily ourselves, technically, we certainly grew up on, like, Gen X culture and the conversation around being a sellout. Yeah. It was just sort of ever ever present you know you didn't want to be a sellout you didn't want to like like sellout shit you know like (laughs) but it was kind of hard to pin down too because like anyone that my ass ever heard of had to sell out in some way for it to get beamed (laughs) to to my remote corner of the world yeah
1: i felt exact and i had a chip on my shoulder at that time too about like sellout Sort of. I didn't really care, but also I was like, oh, that's kind of lame. It's just like a vague
0: feeling, like an icky feeling, you know?
1: I remember being so angry when Pictures of You by The Cure was used Mm -hmm. for a a printer commercial. Yeah, I remember I was livid. I was like, how fucking dare they? I didn't like that either. I was so angry at the time. Yeah. But like, if you are... And any, I mean, this doesn't even have to apply to the entertainment industry. It's just all around in the workforce of just being exploiting artists and people for their work mm-hmm. while other people uh, profit off of that. And the people who create or work for those people do the hard work. And now that doesn't, I don't think sellouts really exist anymore no. because you have to have that side hustle. There's a reason why you're seeing celebrities and commercials more now. Mm-hmm there's a reason why bands have to get sponsored you know by uh i don't know liquid death or whatever the fuck you know like there's mm-hmm. there's reasons for that because you can't make a living hardly anymore off of doing this because there's so much exploitation i think that's has to do with social media and people just being like well you do tiktoks for free so you can produce this shit yeah for free. no i know believe we've me. encountered yeah. that where we're like we need some kind of compensation for what we do. Yeah, just make do. it for free. Yeah, 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 I and know. And it's like, no, that's my time. I know what I'm worth. And so with that lens now, I'm, I'm less like, ugh, that car commercial song. Totally, totally. You know and, what I mean?
0: And you think about it, too. This coincides with a very real shift in, in, be, in, in, in the music industry where people weren't buying music anymore. This was probably no. an all-time low in terms of people actually spending money on music. Um, or Yeah, so what are you going to do?
1: And the fact that it was available... So they could only make that song available for free because of the fact that Hyundai probably paid them oh, yeah. there you a go. shit ton yeah. of money. And because Hyundai gave them that money, probably helped with the tear garden sessions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, sometimes you have to do. I remember reading um, Tom Lennon and Ben Garant's book, mm-hmm. uh, the, the one about screenwriting, mm-hmm. where they're like, look, we write Herbie fully loaded so we can do Reno 911.
0: Yeah, it's called, I haven't read it yet, but I was, it's weird, I was just thinking about it. It's called How to Write Screenplays for Fun and Profit, but fun is like crossed out, or it's like how to how to do this for money, to like yeah. fund, fund your other creative life, basically.
1: And I think that's, it's how, what you have to do to survive as a creative now.
0: Yeah, yeah, and just as a, and I remember, it's several, you remember years ago when Henry Rollins had an IFC show? Yeah. And he, there was like a moment, his big idol, his like main person is iggy pop he lo- like the stooges and iggy pop yeah. that's like his henry rollins like and he he was talking about this this was years ago but um he sort of like it was off of lust for life i'm sure or some iggy pop song yeah. being used in you know probably kind of a million commercials commercial, for, yeah. yeah for a while there um in the 90s and 2000s and stuff but it was just about that same thing about how, like, musicians are undervalued, like, their whole careers. And if someone who's worked hard their whole career, someone wants to offer them money to use their thing for the thing, that's... Obviously, it's different if you're if it's for, like, uh, you know, if you're selling weapons that are bombing orphanages or something, if there's some right. direct, like, I don't know, but other than that like you've worked it's it like you said like artists and musicians and creative people for something that everyone consumes it's the it's so undervalued and it's so treated like well you do you do this anyway like you don't need to get paid you know so like it's it's um i've and then of course fucking god help us like the number of like branded commercial you know whatever (laughs) shit we've all had to do and continue to do to make money it's like it was very easy to as sort of like a kid to stand on the sidelines and sort of think sell out thoughts about people but now that we've like you know, we've got some years under our belt trying to make a living in creative uh, fields. It's like, okay, you got to well, do what you got to do. Well, most of my do.
1: career is branded content. Me
0: too right now. I mean, like... <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like, know.
1: that's what I had to do until yeah, I yeah. booked this or that. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what do you think about the music?
0: The music, I think it, it's, it's funny because the cover, it, occur, it like hit me that, so the cover art is a car doing donuts <laughs> and this is this whole period and kind of a lot of these songs it, this sort of um, you know BCJC, like Billy and Jimmy kind of are the band they're sort of like without a label they're just kind of keeping it alive this whole it, it reminds me it's like the musical equivalent of them doing donuts in a parking lot it's like them kind of <laughs> like showing off <laughs> what they can do it also reminds me of, it, it kind of made me feel like of, like there's a playfulness and there's a bounce at points. There's like that very familiar Pumpkins riff. Um, it's also relentless and really aggressive. It can almost feel like one of those pumpkin songs that's like shoving you a little bit. It's like, you know, a little uh, antagonistic. Yeah. kind of it occurred to me that maybe the, the, it's like the it felt like the musical equivalent of what it's like to have sex with billy maybe at this time i don't know <laughs> yeah it's a really interesting song and i really dig it 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 gets it's it's kind of like hard to say which is the the chorus is kind of the verse and the ver- there's yeah in the, the there seem to be bridges everywhere um which i like it's pretty sprawling and kind of all over the place but it also makes it as a whole song kind of hard to grasp onto other than the repeated come on and feel our love you know that is very catchy and gets stuck in your head so it's an interesting one but I really thought after listening to it a bunch I was like oh this is like them that that cover art is like very on point because this feels like Billy and Jimmy almost like um, they've graduated high school and they're like Doing donuts in the high school parking lot while everyone looks on and is like all the kids are like, whoa, sick.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know? from the outside they're seeing. so the main riff and the heavy guitar parts are the kids watching the car <laughs> doing donuts. Yeah. And then the, the chorus or that bridge, that kind of lighter part, is Billy and Jimmy in the car. Yes. Having the time of their life.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. What'd you think?
1: Yeah, I mean it it feels like I I You're right. It is a strange arrangement for a car commercial. Something that's supposed to be as like, uh, you know, universal and and palatable to Mm -hmm. the masses as possible. But it is an interesting arrangement, and it's weird. But I, when the song starts, I kind of feel like, okay, this is all right. But then it gets into like that, like that, 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 that gets that cool riff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, now I'm into this. And because it starts to feel to me like a um, kind of like a 70s, 80s glam rock throwba- throwback, like mm-hmm. a cheat trick or UFO yeah. and you know, even like T-Rex stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone pointed out recently that when uh, we talked about Ride a Black Swan and we talked about T-Rex, we failed to mention Ride a White Swan. Oh. we a tall hat like a druid in the old
0: days. we a tall hat and down. Oh, Which you we go.
1: just completely went over our heads, anyway. But I like that aspect of it because it does have that kind of '70s, '80s glam kind of throwback. And even with the lyrics, and this is a lot with his ta- this time where he's writing a lot of come-ons and mm-hmm. call-and-response type of—I uh, don't know what you would call that, Pat—of just being like these like declarations. Yeah. These positive declarations in the rock music. Yeah, know? and
0: like definitely, like you said, an old school kind of it, it all it all um, points back to it feels like Billy and Jimmy together, they're like very serious about keeping the band alive and strong. And so yeah. they're doing this heavy, heavy, sort of gymnastic like rock. But but it also feels like they're really indulging in like fuck it, let's play some shit that, like, some people might not might not think is cool right now, or something, but we yeah. grew up on it, and it was, like, you know, woven into our love of music and, and rock music and stuff. It feels like the throwback element that you mentioned is, like, very on display through most of these songs and was a definite thing that was going on even on the zeitgeist album we talked a lot about scorpions and yeah stuff like that so yeah yeah it it, i agree
1: yeah it does feel playful i mean like there's a reason why jeff said that you know when they brought it back for the rock invasion 2 tour that it was like one for them
0: yeah yeah because
1: they get to kind of jam in the middle and they got to like kind of do a very loose and fun version of it and it's kind of cleansing the palate for them to be like, this one's for us. We get to have fun with it.
0: Do you feel James's love? I don't I think, think the people, people all the way in the way back feel your feel love, James. James. It's the people in the motherfucking back, yeah! I think, think they're the feeling your love now. Do you feel, feel Jeff's love? love
1: It it's a fucking man, Chester England. James,
0: do you want to hear a bass solo? Yeah. Kick it down. Kick it down.
1: I've been waiting for a fucking bass solo. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do some Michael Anthony. Do you feel the love of the greatest drummer on the planet? Mr. Jimmy Chamberlain. Mr. Jimmy Chamberlain. On lead vocals and hot guitar, Mr. Billy Corrigan. and that's kind of the way the track even feels like it's got mm-hmm. a little playfulness to it while still being very serious I love the guitar tones yeah it just has that cool when it gets to that chorus I guess if you could call it that this kind of open and cool sound that reminds me of kind of like Hum or Jellyfish you know Or mm-hmm. it, it kind of has these it's heavy but melodic it just kind of has this kind of nice openness to it that I really like yeah I think it's a rad song I love the fact that you call this era BCJC
0: yeah, I mean, I remember that's really
1: what it is. I love that title. And they because even it's had such a that, cool. like on the
0: Zeitgeist CD, on the back. I don't know if you remember, but they had like a little. That was like the the written by code, or it was like they had a little oh, like yeah. it, it like lightning bolt BCJC, like all songs by BCJC, unless you know whatever. Yeah. And it was it was almost like uh, stamped on there, like it was like their record label at the time, you know. and, yeah. and it was definitely saying like announcement that like yes the band is different but we are the core of the band and so they're yeah, the, yeah they're keeping the core alive i sing across the band island, where we won't we die at night the night begins the waste it's all a bit too big someone
1: killed a lot it's something
0: Speaking of keeping alive, does anyone else sense a resurrection coming? I do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna be super, super christ. One solution one takes you beyond this love. Am I
1: Super Christ, Super Christ, all right, so Super Christ came out, was released on November 4th, 2008, and it was packaged with Glow as a digital 45, we'll talk about Glow next, but uh, the song originated during the sessions for Zeitgeist, uh, but Billy opted against recording the track for the album, stating that he didn't understand the song and thought playing it on tour would help us sort it out. Super Christ received a live debut on July 24, 2007, during its residency at the Fillmore. It would go on to become a staple at the band's live shows. It was finally recorded in January 2008 at Sunset Sound, co-produced by Carrie Brown of the band Catherine, and also the ex-husband of... Darcy. Although not a single, the song was highly publicized by the band, including a music video that debuted on Myspace on February 27th, 2008. Remember that? Would I be in your top uh, whatever it was, Pat?
0: Yeah, you would be. <laughs> I Though I was a late adopter of Myspace, and I think I only signed up uh, for music-y, th- like little exclusives, yeah. shit like this, where it was like, well, the only way to see X is like, you know, I gotta get on MySpace. So.
1: You were ride or die for Friendster.
0: <laughs> Still am.
1: It was also notable for being the band's first release without a record label. This is, I guess, the dawn of Martha's music. So,
0: this song was initially available in a limited capacity on the compilation Fresh Cuts Volume 2, available solely in Guitar Center locations, which uh, otherwise featured songs performed by Guitar Center employees and then a more general huh. release was later given to the track digitally on the iTunes store on November 4th 2008 and it was packaged with Glow as a digital 45.
1: So this one kind of goes into that vein of what we talked about of like the the band is like at this point too they're really into these like kind of psychedelic you know uh hard rock jams. Mm-hmm. which he uh, attributes to Carrie Brown and there's kind of this like metal psych kind of feeling that's going around. We kind of get a little bit of that with United States and I could see why this wasn't on the Zeitgeist because it is pretty, there are some similarities I think between mm-hmm. United States and Super Christ. They do feel like sister tracks. You uh, kind of uh,
0: can't yeah. have both, yeah, or at least yeah. not in like a single album, yeah. Because United States is such the centerpiece of that album in my book, um, and kind of the climax of it. It would be hard to do that twice with like a big long jam like that.
1: Yeah. What are your thoughts on the song? You know,
0: I I really like this one I think it's it's interesting because we've talked about in previous conversations about both Zwan and just kind of Billy at this time sort of him talking about Christian rock and thinking about you know Jesus and all that stuff And this my my take on this was that it was almost like Billy and Jimmy said well what what would good what would cool Christian rock sound like to us and let's make that yeah and that's what I think of as, as super Christ, like their earnest idea of Christian rock. It still feels a bit like the do, doing donuts thing, but I love after at the, a little after the five minute mark of like serious, you know, rocking. You have this sort of resurrectiony, churchy sounding, gentle interlude. And, you know, it gives sort of like a He is Risen vibe. Love is name.
1: Love. Love. Love is his
0: flame. These kind of little soft Churchy interludes in otherwise hard songs, kind of cut to the core of what always attracted me to the Pumpkins. You know, Melancholy is full of that, and yeah, uh, Simon, you know, uh, all all of it is full of that, honestly. So, you know, it is kind of an epic. The video we'll talk about, I, I imagine, at a later date, so I won't get too much into that. But the video is kind of interesting, just in terms of shedding some light on like what the. I don't know what maybe what was going on in the band's head at this time or something but um, yeah I, I really dug it it's definitely like again it feels like Billy and Jimmy almost like lifting weights staying fit in preparation of whatever the next like big incarnation of the band might be like each of these yeah. kind of feel like strong songs that don't Necessarily belong anywhere, you know? Yeah. So it's it's hard because of up to this point loving a band so much for the experiences of their albums, you know, these feel a little bit standalone and a little bit disconnected from you know greater works and also kind of like the I don't know, like, the world of... I don't know, like, the outside world a little bit. It feels like it, it's insular, kind of. Um, yeah. Granted, they did have these big, you know, Super bowl moments and movie trailer moments and stuff, which is an interesting flip side of sort of saying this is, like, the most kind of under-the-radar period for the Pumpkins, once they were a known band. So, I don't know. I, I dig this. It's ambitious. It's... it's um, and if you think of it as, like, them trying to do Christian rock that rocks, I, I admire that um, attempt. And so, anyway, yeah. I don't know. It's These songs are interesting. It's It was hard. It was, to be honest, like, kind of hard to come up with totally coherent takes on all of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Because they are really pummeling. But, um, yeah, I, this one... This one is one of those, so I, but I do dig it. Ultimately, um, what do yeah. you think of this one?
1: I mean, I think it's interesting because I think maybe I'm getting this wrong, and I'm sure listeners will let us know if that's the case. But um, that Billy wanted the next album to be like this kind of like more like in the vein of this, where it's mm-hmm. just like this kind of like epic, yeah, psych heavy rock jam album, which I think I would have been totally cool with that if you could get like an album like um have you ever heard of the band sleep yes
0: yes the I album
1: have. dope smoke like, yes dope smoker like mm-hmm. man like i mean there's four songs or whatever or three songs i can't remember mm-hmm. off the top of my head but they're just these really long epic yeah you know metal jam like tracks stoner metal
0: like yeah like, stoner metal team. like yeah. you
1: know the desert days type of desert rock type of stuff And I, I would have loved, with Billy and Jimmy doing an album like that, it would never have been successful. It would have never been commercially successful, right, especially right. at that time, 2008, 2009, or whatever. Like it, They would have been crucified. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably still would if they did it now, which is a shame. But like I would have loved to have had a Pumpkins album like that. I think that would have been cool, I, just to let them let their freak flag fly and just do like a whole album of songs like this Mm -hmm. i think it would be cool to have in their catalog but you know we get tastes of it here and there kind of all branching off from the the silver fuck model Mm -hmm. it feels like yeah and i really like this i mean i i think it's cool i mean it it felt indulgent at the time and maybe i wasn't in that place but i I, here i go again saying at the time but it's Mm -hmm. true Yeah, you know that's my experience and i just love the sounds and this like that palm muting that happens at like 245 ish is so good and it kind of reminds me of an ode to no one Mm -hmm. with that palm mute part and the delayed chorus vocal and the clean guitar in the back that kind of sounds like toolish you know mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: uh yeah. i love that riffage when it breaks back in i love that the that drum roll back into the chaotic riff I even, even at the beginning when it kind of has this like soft start it mm-hmm. almost feels like when um there's like a light rain falling you're like oh it's sprinkling and then right. all of a sudden it just goes brr, just like Downport. pours down yeah. on you like a storm and that's kind of the way that this song starts out for me with jimmy kind of tapping on the drums and then mm-hmm. it just goes boom it just goes right into it so i i really like that i'm in a place now where i'm like man i love this kind of shit and it kind of makes me um want an album that's just kind of full of jam tracks like this you know and i like you said that kind of like Break from it in five eighteen ish mark, where it's so ex- unexpected and cool. And you have Usain uh, doing—I um, don't know if I'm saying her name right—but you have her doing the violin on that. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: She was—that was Mina. We apologize. We've, we're probably pronouncing that wrong. Y-S-A-N-N-E We probably are. Mina. We we've been insane. meaning
1: to talk to her too. We'll have to get her on uh, soon. She says she's down for it, so we have to.
0: Yeah, she seems like a cool um, person, and she's worked with some other interesting people, too. I yeah,
1: think. very. But yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that video, too, because that's where it kind of gets into the weirder aspects. So of course, you know, the big thing is that porn star Sasha Gray appears as a dancer in it. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, you have Gary Stern and Sky Saxon from The Seeds on the bass guitar and tambourine, and he's kind of hanging out with some really interesting characters around this time. And this mm-hmm. that video didn't even feature Jeff or ginger and lisa it was the first video since the reunion that not to fit feature them so Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting seeing where like what happens kind of to the band lineup after that including the fact so the reason why i think that psych album didn't happen is because jimmy left right and you can't do an album of super Price or glow type of songs without jimmy it's just it's not gonna happen
0: yeah all of this this music that we're talking about feels like a very specific marriage between billy and jimmy it's like what comes out when they get together to play yeah so yeah it
1: shines Mm -hmm. some might say it's a glow
0: a single that premiered on Chicago alternative rock station Q101 on September 29th 2008 it was the last recorded pumpkin song to feature Jimmy Chamberlain who left the band in March 2009 and before he rejoined in 2018 which isn't exact he was back before 2018 or at least maybe it wasn't made official until 2018 but I definitely saw them in 2016 playing with Jimmy Um, anyway whatever you guys know he's back Jimmy's back yeah it's also noteworthy that the melancholy era demo song zoom which were (laughs) which we're we're all all familiar (laughs) with yeah we all love zoom (laughs) has a, a similar riff to glow and may have originated from it that's some say
1: in July of 2008, it was announced on the band's official website that the recording of this song was complete. Bjorn Thursrud, um, rest in peace, uh, was confirmed as a co-producer of the track stating glow has me glowing all over. You could have hosted this show. (laughs) Yeah, right. See, Hey, the puns, it's built into the DNA. Uh, later that month, the band's website reported that the track had entered the mixing stage with mixing by Chris Lord, algae, uh, there's kind of like a aren't there brothers like Lord Alge brothers who do like a ton of remixes and stuff. I know like when British or Canadian bands would release an album for American audiences, they would always get the the Lord Alge Algae uh, people. I don't know. Yeah, that's
0: vaguely familiar. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it was slated for September release. The article also featured a photo of Billy and Jimmy, among others, at Ardent Studios in Memphis, Tennessee, where Glow was recorded. Billy stated that with American Gothic and Glow the band finally turned the corner where it's starting to feel like our music again and not theirs, whoever they might be, referring to the band's choice to continue making music without a record label. And then the track Glow was released as a digital 45 with Super Christ on November 4, 2008. We've already said that, but it was was also released as a downloadable track for Guitar Hero World Tour on November 15, 2008. Along with 1979, The Everlasting Gaze, the band worked on a music video with Justin Coloma for the song, which premiered on MySpace on December 2nd, 2008. The cover art was created by artist Kateri Forbes, and we'll talk about the the music video on our Patreon. Glow, I I thought it was always a reference to the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, since Billy's such a uh, Mm -hmm. wrestling fan, but I didn't see any reference to that. Pat, what are your thoughts on Glow?
0: That also confused me um, for a while there. I had sort of a murky idea of... because Wait, which one was the one that was used? Yeah, F-O-L was used as an actual song for TNA wrestling. Yeah, it was all very murky and confusing at the time. <laughs> and then the show yeah. Glow came out, the wrestling show. I was like, well.
1: Excellent show, which should have gotten another season. They canceled it for no good reason.
0: Yeah, Netflix. Ooh, um, no, jeez. <laughs> Mm, please yeah, pay, pay, me. Yeah, pay me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is an interesting one. I'll. Uh, it falls into. I think it. It falls into. For me, almost like an original song version of one of the covers, like Clones or You're All I've Got Tonight. You know, Absolutely. like, very much that type of rock, them exercising that kind of vein of themselves. Um, it It's it's not my favorite of the batch, but just because sometimes... And we've talked a lot about the sort of... You, you referenced it earlier, but the sort of type of Billy, Zwan, pumpkin song that was happening in the past five years, that the sort of come on, come on, let's yeah. go. Like, the sort of, like... Um, almost like a toxic positivity <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah yeah it's like well, i don't want to right <laughs> toxic now. positivity um, wonderful but that was kind of the the game he was playing i think at time, ton- and i don't know if it was just for fun or if it was if it was a, you know like a commentary on something but it definitely rocks hard i've never seen them play it live but i bet i would really enjoy it if i did Um, and I hope to see it someday live. Like I said before, it was sort of the lack of context for these songs that just kind of, like, confused my little brain at the time. Like, I didn't know where to place them, I didn't know how to... Your little brain at the time? Yeah, I didn't know where to, you know, I, I, like, I was unplugged, we've already talked about that. Right. You know, other shit going on, other, you know, whatever. But it was also h- kind of hard to keep up you know like just as we're and it was just par- partly the times but just as we're talking about how all of these things were released it's it's kind of um compared to you know what we were talking about a year ago in the pumpkins cat uh, on the podcast it's kind of hard to keep up it's like okay this was an itunes exclusive this was only yeah. in this commercial this was only in this promo this technically came out on a Guitar Center <laughs> compilation, yeah. you know. Like it's, it was hard to keep up, um, but yeah, this one is like, I like the sort of rentals, like, woo, you know, like, yeah, that, that's cool. It's fun. Um, it feels. I guess the only thing that keeps me from getting as excited about it is what I mentioned. Like, I feel like in a way. I've heard it before from the pumpkins, like on songs like Clones and You're All I've Got Tonight, and that, like, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was hard for me to. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'm sure I'm wrong, but it was hard for me to grasp onto whatever the sort of corner that he's referencing that they turned was maybe he was talking more about the business side of it or or just like spiritually they felt like free or like independent you know but um yeah i don't know what what do you think of this one
1: i i mean i like it it's i'm kind of with you on it's like it's not my favorite of the batch but if they played it live i would yeah incredibly thrilled about it Yeah, yeah i think um i love the cool buzzy bass part you know at the beginning i like how it starts and it feels like a classic rock riff uh, with that monstrous riff during like full you love yourself I love Mm -hmm. that part and I also like that like you said rentals like yeah the cars the rentals it also reminds me it seems like kind of influential there's this band from California called Anakin I don't know if you've ever heard of them They actually did a cover of A Pumpkin Song. But they are very, very much influenced by the rentals, but also mm-hmm. the heavier stuff, you know, almost like abandoned pools meets the rentals. That's what it kind of felt like to me. Mm-hmm. But uh I like that, like the little woo woo's part. I think that adds some charm to it, which yeah. otherwise would have been kind of like a, yeah, I mean, I like it. I like it. It just, um the one part that does bother me, it kind of always bothers me with most songs when they, like the, the, the phrase, like, come on, baby. Mm-hmm and like the rhyming with that it just feels like kind of this is such a nitpicky thing it doesn't even matter it's not even a, a thing of there's just no reason behind it it's just an aesthetic thing where i just don't like that that kind of phrasing and music no i, I know, know what
0: you mean it's because it's cliche or something and if yeah it was, that's, that's what i'm getting at yeah and i
1: think that's like this must
0: be a case of them kind of choosing to play with rock cliches maybe that's what we're dancing yeah. around but to like pump it up and sort of like muscle it up and do it with their own and they certainly do it with their own style and their own sensibility and probably yeah. for their own reasons too i'm sure like billy always has some sort of inside joke about like why we're doing this now and i don't know if it always comes across you know it's a bit the listener. tongue-in-cheek yeah but it's definitely tongue-in-cheek and i think that that like the little touches the sort of like woo you know like that kind of is a i like that because it is like a light-hearted sort of um shows that there's a, some sense of humor to this but i know yes. what you mean you're not always in the mood for sort of like come on baby don't mean maybe you know like yeah. a, b- that kind of stuff even if it is sort of self-aware you
1: know and that's probably me just missing the point like I think, like I think, you're completely right about the fact that it's it's par for the course for Billy to have that kind of tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. approach and just be like, no, we're having, uh, we're doing a fun rock song, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Like, what that bothers you? Right. <laughs> like, it's yeah. kind of like a like that's your problem for not enjoying it. Yeah, and I get that. Uh, otherwise, uh, I love Jimmy's drumming. Of course, it's just always on point. All these songs, his drumming is just really just so that makes it even more devastating that he leaves you know oh yeah uh, after you know in 2009 we'll talk about that more in later episodes but um i what i noticed about these songs that was interesting to me and it comes in later but for these songs you know what's missing that usually is a hallmark of uh pumpkin songs like this Hmm. like a ripping solo yeah yeah that's true i didn't notice that until it got to glow and i was like wait where are the like kind of Show off solos in this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and the solo is 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 great. Um, yeah,
1: but it's like not the show-offy. You know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah, and these songs. Uh, yeah, exactly. With what we're talking, these songs are begging for that kind of, you know, yeah. like with the rock epic, you know, uh, sensibility. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. It is interesting yeah. too, because it's like. Yeah, man, it's so weird to read. Like, this is the, the last song recorded with Jimmy for quite some time. Um, long time that the band existed without Jimmy, That's, which is crazy. Because he's such a... All these songs seem to be screaming, like, Jimmy is at the core of the band.
1: Yeah, he's essential.
0: Um, but yeah, Jeff is in the band, but Jeff isn't really a part of any of this at this right. point. So it's... Yeah, it almost feels like they could have used a little bit of outside input as strong as this stuff is musically in terms of keeping the band uh, jacked it yeah it does feel like a little like a closed loop or something like a little bit of outside input would have would have maybe made things a little more spicy at that point
1: i think that's a big criticism of the band currently too i think that people have of saying like well, they he needs somebody like a Butch Vig or somebody like that to come in, right? Right, to kind of because right now it is so insular, he's controlling everything, of, yeah. every aspect of recording and all that, and it's all inside. I don't know if I agree with that or not, yeah, uh, I, yeah, because uh, you know, they they worked with uh Rick Rubin totally, that was, yeah, that was its yeah. own thing though, and it was a quick thing, I, you know. I hear what people are
0: saying with that. With the producing stuff, I almost am like, yeah, that's a good point. And it would definitely be interesting to see what would happen if they if they sort of gave the, not gave the reins, but collaborated with either Flood again or just some, took a big swing and someone knew. But then I also understand at this point, like I understand too, like I'm a perfectionist and I like... I wanted to learn to edit videos myself because otherwise it turns into me if it's like something I directed like just giving hyper specific notes to the person who is cutting it to the point where they're not even like you know like I understand Billy wanting to produce his own stuff at this stage of the game Um, absolutely I guess I almost mean just in terms of a band structure at this point um, like Maybe three people instead of two people, give you know, right. or or four what or whatever, you know, like. But yeah. I, that is also an interesting point that people definitely talk about a lot on um, Reddit and whatever, and they're sort of preemptively dismissive of new stuff that is isn't out yet because they know they're like, well, right. he should have somebody else produce it. Which, yeah, I, I I I understand that thought, but I also I'm a little more defensive of Billy in that regard because yeah. he's been at this game for decades and he's produced a lot he knows
1: what the pumpkins
0: should be he knows what it should be ultimately and all that time with flood and everything it's not like that's just doesn't rub off on you you know it's like that that's all goes into the soup so um, so what you're saying is that there's what pat what i'm saying is you got to get a little more people in the room because there is strength in numbers
1: In numbers, so this is from the Zeitgeist era, and oopsie, this is a leaked track, mm-hmm. and you can tell, yeah, uh, it leaked on the internet in 2014, along with a number of Machina outtakes, and uh, it does—it's a rough mix, definitely, and it's not yeah. even the complete version of it, and um, yeah, it's—it's it's a really cool peek into the era because it. Doesn't it to me it doesn't really sound like from there. No. So Pat, what are your thoughts on this song?
0: Well, it's such a it's it's yeah, it it's the most quietly and I again it is super demo quality, but that lends itself to feeling like old school pre-album pre-gish pumpkin stuff. And it's weird because it's like the band was kind of in that state again, only as we've talked about super powerful and super like playing this other kind of stuff. You know, they were hardly like a fledgling band, but this makes them sound like that again, like a band, yeah. like a new talented band that is like not quite there yet, but fine, like there's there's something really good there. Um, it feels a lot like old school Smashing Pumpkins, like I said, with maybe like a dash of Machina 2 quieter song in there i really like it, it
1: feels like a melancholy uh, b-side to me it feels like a um like it could be on the airplane flies high box set. yeah
0: yeah absolutely and it gives me it's just the feel i really like it the feeling of it is very nostalgic for me probably because it just it sounds old and it's because it's a demo and but it gives me this kind of like 90s, like, autumnal nostalgia, like, of yeah. my so-called life, you know, <laughs> like, feeling, you know, the feeling I get when I watch that show. It's very kind of, like, quietly seductive, which is makes it just uh, dis- very disappointing when it just ends abruptly.
1: I know, yeah, it, it leaves you, uh...
0: It leaves you wanting more. Well, and it also just makes me think, like, had they gone ahead and Jimmy stayed or whatever, and they made that sort of epic stoner metal album that they seem to be veering toward, it would need... I think it would inevitably have sort of moments, uh, like quieter moments that brought things down before building them back up again. And yeah, this is interesting. I don't know. I I, I don't know if this was ever going to... I like this kind of song, you know? Yeah, me too. Maybe it's like, I don't know, the lo-fi. I I just... I, I like... Also hearing, because it's not, obviously, it's not like a Billy acoustic demo. There's no. like, it's built up a little bit. I like this level of um hearing the band play. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like raw, but it's not sparse. I don't it know. It feels like a but,
1: rehearsal demo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I dug this one. It obviously cuts off and it's hard to, you know, but know what this song was destined for. I guess nothing. But um I liked it. Yeah. What did you think?
1: I, I love it. I mean, I, I, it sounds like sunny day real estate to me like that. of yeah, uh, In that yeah. vein, it has a mm-hmm. very much of that feeling. I don't know. I just hope it sees the light of day with a proper mix at some point. You know, I would love mm-hmm. that, uh, to come back, or whenever they reissue Zeitgeist, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it shows up because I think it's a solid song. It's cool. I love the feeling of it. I love the tone, and it's um, yeah, it's really cool. I like it.
0: Yeah, the Sunny Day real. It does have like emotional, val- like hearts. St- you know, like it, that's that's a great reference. It almost takes me back to a time when I like first discovered Sunny Day Real Estate, like. Yeah, I don't know. I guess early two thousands is when I first started listening to them. But, oh yeah, um, yeah. I, like that was, I, I think when I was in college. You know, like okay. many things, I discovered them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very pretty, very nice.
1: It's a really rough mix, but to be honest, I don't mind. I don't mind. So, the recording we're using is from February 6, 2008, at Bercy. I guess that's the name of the venue in Paris, France. It's a live Zeitgeist era song. Uh, thanks to Michael uh, Paseila. Pes- oh man, Michael. I think I'm it's so Paseila. Paseila, those- sorry, Michael, uh, for sending us this track because he was like, hey, you probably want to talk about this one. And uh, I could see why, because it kind of does fit into this whole like singles, kind of this era when they're moving mm-hmm. out of Zeitgeist into what they were hoping the next album would be. So, mm-hmm. Pat, what are your thoughts on I Don't Mind?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. it's It was the first time hearing, <laughs> hearing Frere Jaca used in a song since, probably, <laughs> the original Frere Jaca, the old school jam. Um, yeah, I love the kind of, it's one of those songs that it makes me feel tense, you know? Tension kind of mounts throughout the song, but I love those release moments, you know? I I, I really dug this one, ultimately. I think at first I had a hard time getting into it, but the more I listened to it, the more I liked it, and the more I started thinking about how it could... how cool it would be to see this kind of... um, not in a heavily produced way necessarily, but maybe, maybe like spiced up and sort of spaced out in like a in a recorded version. Yeah, like kind of like what they did with some of the Seer songs, or just whatever, just like experimented with a lot. This feels like it's got great bones for um, being built up into something really memorable. Great so I ultimately, I, I I went from kind of ambivalent about it to get really, really digging this one. Um, yeah, because it's just such an interesting song, you know.
1: I agree with that one hundred. You're so right about the bones of it. Just like it makes me eager to hear. Hopefully, that we hear a studio version of this, of like what would be added to it, or maybe not. You know, it could be very straightforward as right. it is here. But I mean, it rocks. I love the lyric: "Take your time, take my life." You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also apparently. This title, I guess, shares one with uh, the song If All Goes Wrong. There's like some kind of mixing of titles and stuff, but I, I don't know what the deal is with that. I didn't really research that, but um, I love how it does that stop and start around the two-minute mark in this song. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives it this neat dynamic. Again, kind of interesting that it lacks a solo in this song. Mm-hmm. but I, I think it's a really fun song I, I, I like it and I think you make an excellent point about I want to hear the studio version
0: yeah, yeah definitely I don't have a great pun for this one so I'm just going to say the next song we're going to discuss is As Rome Burns it's so hard we we cut all of my attempts out though sometimes someday those my attempts will be uh leaked on the internet as a demo
1: right and um
0: <laughs> everyone will uh agree that it was a waste of time and so is for
1: the deluxe the deluxe edition the
0: super deluxe edition of yeah. this episode yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh so this was from the october 31st 2008 recording in columbus that would be halloween we're almost there, Pat. I'm excited. Mm, me too. Um, As Rome Burns is a song that was performed fairly regularly throughout 2008 and 2010 live shows. The studio recording apparently exists from the spring 2009 Coldwater Studio Sessions, but has never surfaced. So I debated on us covering this because it was covered or it was played more in the Oceania era mm. than it was in this era but uh, we were convinced by one of our Patreon members to say like, no, I think you should cover it for this. You know what, I think they're right because it does fit more with this era than it mm-hmm. does the Oceania era. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, or sorry, the Tier Garden Oceania era. I think it does fit more with the Zeitgeist stuff. So, Pat, mm-hmm. what are your feelings on this?
0: Um, yeah, this is another one that is, it, it's total donuts in the parking lot I mean, it's kind of right that it's like Billy and Jimmy broing down. Um, if the other one, if F O L, feels like sort of making love to Billy, this feels like kind of getting beat up by Billy, with Jimmy like kind of as his, you know, like, the guy in the background, like uh, his backup muscle. You're you're you know? thinking
1: of S and M, basically, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need a safe um, word to listen to this song.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely another one that seems to be them embodying the certain rock of their childhood. There's a lyric I forget what it is, but it's very much like "Meet the New Boss," same as the old boss. Meet the new. Go- we are the new gods, same as the old gods, right? Yeah. Uh, but this one does have that super guitar, that guitar solo. That's you were talking what I about. was wanting. Like. That, that it, And it's it, it does go really far for kind of selling the song because it's so over the top, like metal indulgent, but also really great. Like you really dig it listening to it. Um, I was curious if it was Billy or Jeff doing that particular solo. Um, I don't know if we have any way of knowing, but it's an awesome yeah. solo and it kind of is the highlight of the song for me. And it fits with the, what we've been talking about. But it kinda of punches it even further, you know, into that like super indulgent metal thing that they're doing. So, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. absolutely i think yeah it has this like black sabbath heft to it and this like yes. galloping iron maiden like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i love it i love it i would love to hear this uh one again or the, i would i would love to hear this one live
0: oh yeah i think it would have fit in in that rock invasion 2 set you know like oh my God. Uh, uh, that yeah that would be perfect, be, perfect. yeah
1: because that that metal solo just cooks it's so good uh i think like yeah the guitar leads and then that i I wrote down yes metal solo there it is you know (laughs) that's what i've been craving Mm -hmm. uh but it fits more with this song. i can see it kind of maybe sticking out like a sore thumb on the other songs but this one it's like yep you gotta have it because if you have that iron maiden black sabbath type of stomp to it you're Mm -hmm. gonna have that type of solo um yeah i'm surprised it didn't make the cut or be a single to be honest with you because this feels like it would have fit with like the fols and the glows and yeah super christ it would have been a great single i think
0: mm-hmm. yeah 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 absolutely
1: yeah the lyrics we are the new gods some same as the old gods this is where i got the beginning of this episode we'll take all your blood and turn it into mud as rome burns
0: yeah it's pretty that's a good it's great it's like and if you think of it all this way it's like it's pretty funny. There's like some humor to that, you know. It's yeah. like that. That rhyme alone is like, fu- is is pretty funny in a way. It's like silly almost, but it's it's.
1: But it fits.
0: It fits like a me- Yeah, like it it's doesn't like bother me as
1: much as the other. No, yeah. there's
0: in the same way that Spinal Tap. Yeah. <laughs> was kind of based on iron maiden and other bands like that they both rule you know what yeah. i mean like it doesn't make Maiden rule any less because True. it's kind of easy to parody you know or <laughs> like there's a lot to parody there so yeah um, yeah some of this stuff i can't tell to what i i believe that billy and jimmy really indulge in this stuff and just earnestly dig it but it feels like there's a sprinkling of kind of parody or oh, like yeah irony in, in a lot of these songs um I don't know where one ends and the other begins but it feels like they're mostly it's like this is just them exercising like something that's in them very much musically but there's like some humor about it in some way
1: absolutely i mean i just it's a barn burner a rome burner i love it it's got a great ending and jimmy is just again excellent love it Almost done with the episode, but follow us down. Let's follow the March Hare. The March Hare slash Suffer Tease. Uh, So the the recording we're using is from November 7th, 2008 at United Palace in New York, New York.
0: This song first appeared during the November 2008 20th anniversary tour. A live recording from the soundboard appears on Live Smashing Pumpkins, which was a joint venture between the Smashing Pumpkins and the music distributor Nugs.net to sell audio recordings, quote, mastered directly from the soundboard of the concerts from the band's 2008 20th anniversary tour of North America. Individual performances were released on CD, SCDs, FLAC, which we love, MP3, and of course CD MP3 packages. Remember those? A few of the recordings contain extremely minor cuts and banter, and talking by Jimmy or Jeff is usually almost inaudible. Uh, and you can find the entire tour on nugs.net, which yeah, is, yeah. that's my homepage when I open my browser. Nugs.net.
1: <laughs> I've actually wanted to sign up for nugs.net because they do have a lot of great stuff on there, but I can't justify the, the spending. Right. The 20th anniversary tour is incredibly infamous, which we might do a roundtable about on Patreon. I don't know. We're, we're feeling it out, but because people are like, you kind of have to talk about it because it's super infamous about like how this fans felt about this tour mm-hmm. how the press felt about this tour being that it was a 20th anniversary but um yeah i i could have picked the shorter version there's like a four or five minute version of this but i thought what's the fun of that let's take a right. listen to the the longer version of this with the suffer tease in it uh pat what are your thoughts on the march hare
0: <laughs> i love this one i mean i gotta say it's so different It's so different. I mean, it almost feels... I love how it feels almost outside the realm of what you would expect from the band, but that place is exactly what excites me about the band, when they step out of what you would expect, which is pretty wide to begin with, the arena of what you would expect from them. But I think a lot of the songs we've talked about thus far, they some take big swings and they're very interesting and musically challenging and stuff, but all kind of fit within like what you might expect based on what has happened so far. This, I mean, the horns, like, yeah, I love horns. That. Um, it, it, I don't know who's playing those horns, but that's definitely it's the a tour. First. Cause they
1: added like a brass section. Uh, I think during this time, I, yeah, I don't know enough about this
0: era to so that so presumably they were using horns in other songs uh, on this yeah. tour. I mean, that was news to me, and it was kind of a revelation because it just well right out of the gate, it's it, the the bass line and the opening. It's it's very like D light, you know, Grooves mm-hmm. in the Heart, um, which I love. There's a really cool kind of Talking Heads groove to the whole thing um which we know you know the 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 one of the highlights of the rock invasion tour was the the talking heads cover but granted done in a very different way done in a mind-blowing way yeah but this is like this was more unexpected for me even than that um yeah I love this it's one of my favorites of this bunch it feels just because it feels so different like such a different live music experience but not you know like it it feels very rooted in their early 90s kind of psychedelic jams when I imagine this concert I picture more of like a porno for pyros concert or something
1: you know like which is funny uh, because he just recently uh, did a Led Zeppelin cover with yeah for Pyros,
0: yeah, yeah, and obviously the you know him, he, he and the um, Perry are are you know joined pals. by this tour pals, and they're you know obviously promoting this tour and they're gonna play to have been playing together, um, but yeah, you could totally just see like I when I'm listening to this and picturing the crowd, I could totally see like a guy like a shirtless guy <laughs> in like a jester hat, just like stoned Tripping out them. of his mind, oh um, yeah, at, like whippets and LSD, you know, um. But there is a crossover between, you know, between pumpkin fandom historically and that whatever that is. Yeah, I don't know. It, but it 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 also has like a tomorrow never knows yes, vibe to it,
1: absolutely. which I love. with loved. the drums, Jimmy's, yeah, drums. Yeah.
0: So so this one was so interesting to me. It, the the song itself, but the way it's performed with the horns and every it, yeah, this one this was awesome to me. I I, I it, yeah. there's just so much is exciting because it's so different but then you have the fun of sort of tracing how it's it actually fits within the pumpkin's kind of um history pretty well or, or it's not as out of left field as it is in some exactly. ways. exactly
1: that's why i picked this too because it does feel like if you are a fan of the gish era and only the gish era you probably dig this song
0: yeah, if yeah. you went
1: to go see them live, you're like, I guess I'll check them out, and you, they play this song. You're like, whoa! Now this is the mm-hmm. shit I love because "Suffer" fits like the the lyrics to "Suffer" just kind of seamlessly fit within the song, and I'm like, wow, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's like a expansion of you know, while while "Suffer" was the 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 tab on the tongue yeah this song is like the the further through the looking glass type of you know the march air like type of you know Mm -hmm. uh, experience of seeing the other worlds and dimensions and whatnot I just love the experiment and like it kind of felt like a San, like early santana or king crimson mm-hmm. kind of feel to it and but this is like nodding towards where the band's gonna head to in the tear garden and uh, even the backwards clock society era of Billy's mm-hmm. uh, songwriting uh, it's more psych and out there and i like it um yeah, I love the horns. It's trippy all around, and I would love to hear a recorded version of this. Again, it's just gonna. I'm gonna repeat this, but um, feels loose and a little sloppy, and I kind of like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I love how it kind of breaks into that Latin-like shuffle to yeah. Yeah. Uh, halfway through. Very Billy lyrics. The March hare ambles on, darting to and fro, finds his breath for free. A silver fox breaking clocks, counting back from ten until it ends with me. As I'm swinging from the trees, can a mirror rescue me? Classic Billy, love yeah. it. And psych, it's all you know. I don't know. I just love psych shit like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm a sucker for, like... I, I, I've been getting into more of that shit, and I just, like... It's, like, it's fun for me. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Jimmy gets to be a machine. They get to let their freak flag fly, and I yeah, love it.
0: And, and also, this just kind of coincides with... It doesn't really... It's t- doing a different thing, but I love just, like, the use of horn textures in... What, like, around this time is when... TV on the radio was kind of in full swing yeah. and like their return to cookie mountain album Ooh, so good. um which is so good real I haven't I was I haven't listened to that in a long time but it's kind of one of my favorite albums And then also the national with like fake empire when the horn textures kind of come in at the end yeah. it's not horn centric music this isn't um ska or jazz or anything but or even means... like
1: rocket from the crypt yeah it's not like
0: right it's yeah. it but like to add that like to have them sort of unroll as this added like depth later in the song it's just i'm a sucker for that it it, like done well so yeah um yeah i don't know maybe horns were having a moment in in the zeitgeist (laughs) at this period but i am i was there for it and i'm still here for it yeah
1: and we're going to talk about the chris isaac performance that's where the horns come in too during those performances as well uh we're going to probably chat about that on our patreon but um these are all the songs we're going to talk about today we'll talk about gossamer which is one of my favorite tracks of this era but that's when we cover if all goes wrong Uh, other songs that are kind of worth note that we didn't talk about uh, rocktopus which is a jimmy drum jam uh then there's i am one part two which they brought back but what was important about that track was that uh in december 8th 2008 at the auditorium theater in chicago at the end of the show the band handed out presents from a coffin while christmas time played over the pa after they played this track for the encore and that was ginger and lisa's last show with the pumpkins and then jimmy's last show uh with that band or with the band until july 2015 Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of importance with that show, but I didn't think, I don't, know, I don't know, we might cover it at some point down the road, but also like some interesting covers they were playing at this point. Uh, Pink Floyd set the controls to the heart of the sun, Simon and Garfunkel's The Sound of Silence. Again, it's another kind of fantastic twist on a song like Once in a Lifetime. It's done in mm-hmm. a very heavy way and it's really cool. The Searchers, everybody come clap your hands. Sam and the Sham and The Pharaohs, Little Red Riding Hood, and Britney Spears' Piece of Me, which has that also once-in-a-lifetime treatment.
0: I miss bad media karma. Another day, another drama. I guess I don't see the high.
1: and real and being a mama. And with the kid on my arm, I'm still an exceptional earner. You want a piece of, me? You want piece of me? So it's a really interesting era and we're getting into like the band having to readjust again. Again yeah. after this because once they're getting this is such a there's a lot of growing pains during this era and we're going to head into the tear garden era soon, but we still got a few more things in Zeitgeist summer left and I'm excited to cover them. And, uh, thank you for staying with us on this hot Zeitgeist summer.
0: It's a hot one. Um, but yeah, very interesting stuff. And we will be back very soon with more pumpkins action. Until then we will be ripping donuts and, the high school parking lot and uh drinking tall boys as That's the right. under come on, under 18 yeah feel our love come on feel our love feel our love and until next time farewell and good night
1: Last please if you don't learn roman numerals you'll never know the date certain motion pictures were copyrighted
0: Single cross the band Team team who's out there Where we want, we got at night